At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. My name is Ariel Kestenbaum, and I am the founder of Fair Meals, a 501c3 status nonprofit that focuses on easy, healthy, and affordable meal solutions for families of all walks of life. On our website, fairmeals.org, you can find free of charge tons of tips, tricks, and recipes that encompass our three pillars of health, ease, and affordability. To help continue to make our programming the best it can be, please consider donating to this amazing initiative at fairmeals.org forward slash donate. Okay, I hope you guys like that trip through Kansas City and spending some time with Brett Beach. I mean, again, really impressive what he's done and how he's adapted to the situation there and He's built some great teams. Watch him in the future. He's got a very, very bright future. Welcome to the GM Journey with Thomas Dimitrov. We will travel all the way up, and I say all the way up, to Buffalo to meet with Brandon Bean, a very impressive general manager. I know I continue to say that, but these guys are all all beyond. They offer so much to this league. I'm so glad that we're able to spotlight them all. Brandon Bean is one of those guys, very similar to Howie Roseman, and Mickey Loomis. He's a business guy by trade more. Learned the ropes very quickly. A very bright guy, of course. Um, very communicative. A very good modern day leader. Very empathic as far as the way that he leads his group. He gets along with his head coach very, very well. They're able to, to know the lines. They're able to share very well. And you'll realize in the conversations with Brandon Bean, you know, how intelligent he is, how much insight he has. And he's able to pull it all together and put together some great teams. I mean, Right now, the Buffalo Bills are one of the teams in the NFL to beat. And Brandon Bean is a very, very important part of that building process. All right, here we are, East Aurora slash Buffalo, in front of Bar Bill Tavern with my good friend and stellar GM, Brandon Bean. Thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. Nah, this is cool. This is, uh, I'm glad you, you made the trek, man. It's a... Uh... I would have loved to have uh, been in the car with you just I, to see all your sights, man. Oh, I know. We've, you know, I've been traveling like a madman, and I started, I started all the way in Atlanta around Tampa through the southern coast, so to speak, 
all the way up to the west coast and here we are all the way out in buffalo this is kind of my old neck of the woods wasn't from buffalo of course but yeah. having lived in canada up in hamilton and toronto i spent a lot of time in and out of here we would always come into town really searching for wings searching for you know you know all the canadians i'm not canadian <laughs> i lived there for a long time but all the Canadians would come in and shop, right? They'd go to the outlet malls. Yeah. It was a big deal for them, right? Well, you've, you've probably shoveled your way out of a few snowstorms here too. I have, I have. Well, look, <laughs> let's jump into this. How does a boy from Norwood, North Carolina, feel thriving in a very football town up here? Uh, I mean, it's it's been really, really um, admirable how you've approached everything here and you're doing so well. You have three out of four winning seasons, right? You were executive of the year this year, Horrigan award winner this year. I know, I know. It's amazing. Like things are just really going well and falling into place, but how does that feel? Yeah, it, it feels great. It's, uh, I can't say when I was growing up in Norwood that uh, I had it myself mapped out to end up in, in Buffalo, New York, but uh, it's been a great fit uh, for me. And um, I, I had the good fortune to, you know, to learn the business in Carolina you know, near my home area, and then to get a chance to come up here. And this, these people, uh, as you know, you've played up here and, and obviously you, you, from Canada as well, you know, from Guelph. And I guess um, where I grew up is a very blue collar area. And so this feels, even though this is a bigger area than where I grew up, this feels like the community that I grew up in. Just people, uh, good nature people and uh, very blue collar and, and just, uh, home fashion country folks is, is really, even though we're in the North, it really feels like um, where I was from or, or maybe like a Midwestern type town. I think many people that are coming up from the South never knew that we call it the North Coast, right? This, yeah. is, this is part of the North Coast up here. It's kind of interesting. So Brandon, tell me about this. You came to the GM job in a rather circuitous way. Explain that and then tell me about any of the obstacles that you faced along the way, or maybe you didn't to get to that spot. This is a particular league. People look at how people get to a place and sometimes they're accepting and other times they're they're a little cautious. Please talk about that. Yeah, I definitely didn't do it the tr traditional route. You know, uh, I started as a PR intern uh, for a month of training camp and then I became a football ops intern and, and slowly but surely Marty Herney hired me uh, as a football ops manager and later promoted me to director. But um, we all know the, the important part of scouting and, and that role in most people like yourself, that's, that's the path they go. And uh, the one thing about Marty was, Marty let me do things along the way to help, help get myself ready. While I was handling football ops, he gave me the opportunity to have scouting assignments, whether it was cutting up film for the pro scouts, uh, assisting with the college draft in, in whatever role it was just to be around it. And, work on that part of it while still handling my job, which um, without Marty, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you in this role. And mm -hmm. uh, the crazy thing, Thomas, is um, probably one of the biggest breaks I got was when Marty got fired and I hate, hated that. It was, yeah. it was a sickening moment uh, for me, the guy that gave me every chance that I had in this league for so long. Um, we started one in five in 2012 and Jerry Richardson called me into his office that morning and told me he had just fired Marty. And I thought he was about to tell me, you're next. Oh, and uh, instead he said, um, I want you for the rest of the season to work with Ron Rivera and get let's get this thing turned around and, and we'll figure things out after the season. So first guy I called, 
was Marty Herney. Of course. Uh, I closed my door and um, he, he, typical Marty fashion as you know him, um, as, don't worry about me, Brandon, I'm good. I'm here to support you. You call me any day, anytime. I'm gonna help you through this. And, and that's why I'm here today. That's amazing. I mean, you think about Marty and Marty's got such a reputation over the years. Again, streamline, you know, not not the up and down guy, just a lot of respect for him as well, of course. And the fact that he got to his job in a in a in a maybe a different way, different way. Yeah, probably he had a, a soft spot for you. Right. Working with you on that. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. I think Marty was one of those guys. He gave you assignments yeah. and he just let you do them. He trusted you. And, and I learned a lot from that. And um, when Marty knew you had it, he was always willing to give you more. And, and I would tell him, Marty, if you need help with this, I'll do it. And one year he gave me two departments budgets to handle. I knocked it out of the park and he said, Brandon, I'm gonna give you the whole football ops budget to handle and see how you do. And he just, uh, again, every, every step of the way, he continued to let me grow myself while also making sure I'm taking care of my number one responsibilities. So this is interesting because I'm a big believer in while we're moving through our career, we have to differentiate ourselves, right? That's what's going to make us, you know, of course, continue to grow and learn and 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 ascend in this business. Was that one of the things that you thought, if you look back, that you think differentiated you from the other people in that organization? You were there for what, 18 years? Yeah. In Carolina? Yeah. What truly brought that link and that that bond between you and Sean McDermott during his time here? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, I knew who Sean was uh, growing up through Philly. You, you know, I, I would study people and, and study. You always wanted to be thinking if you ever were in that position, you know, what type of people would you want to work right. with? And uh, we got Sean in Carolina in 2011. And, um, you know, we had some bumps in the road early in, in him and Ron Rivera's tenure. But the thing I always found about Sean was we could have honest conversation and it was never about Sean when he talked to me about the defense or the personnel. He was always looking out for the club and, and, and he was a very selfless guy and, and hopefully that's what he thought about me. Mm -hmm. And we had a lot of candid conversations. It's weird though, because I think people thought we had this pact of if I'm a GM and I, I'm going to hire him or if he's a head coach, he's going to you know, talk to ownership about me. Mm -hmm. And we never had that conversation. I think it was just a mutual respect for one another. And we we both knew that we were all about winning and, and, it, and mm -hmm. it was leave your ego at the door. And that's what we've tried to do here in Buffalo. I love that. I mean, to be around someone like that, and we all know how important that partnership is. And we'll get into that in a bit. Are you involved in the construction of your coaching staff along with Sean now? Do you interact a lot? Ultimately, uh, I would assume that he has the say of what, how he wants to put his staff together, or how does that work in Buffalo? Yeah, I mean, Sean and I, we do almost everything together. We, we, from how we talk about players, to how we talk about the coordinators, the coaching staff, um, to how, where we're gonna do training camp. Sure. I mean, we just, we believe we both have different perspectives and, and we truly care about each other's opinions on whatever the matter is. And, uh, with the coaching staff, Sean has the ultimate say on his staff, but um, he does a great job of asking my input, who I've been around, or call this person that that I know that's worked with this with this coach. And uh, so we do a lot of of you know research and, and discussion on our own, and then you know we decide who those candidates are going to be. He brings them in, and again we'll both talk to them, but ultimately 
Sean's got a, that's the guys that he's counting on to, to lead that side of the ball, or, or if it's a position coach, lead that position group, he'll ultimately make the decision. So in a nutshell, I would ask you this, and, and fairly succinctly, you talk about your coaching staff and your personnel department. Where are you guys, given the fact that you are so close with your head coach, are the two staffs really close working together? They are. That's probably one of the things I'm most proud of, of what we've got here is we have a great bond and, and you know what helps the our building is, is a is an is an older building but we've done some renovations but there's only so much space and while some people may look at it as a detriment i think it's a positive we our scouts uh, you know from our pro personnel are right on the same hallway with our coaches so they don't they naturally work together and we actually have one room we call it the bullpen that has some young coaches and some young scouts in it together together okay and they're in little cubicle areas mm -hmm. and it allows them to collaborate just That's naturally great. and talk about life get the and there's a there's a natural trust there and even when our college scouts come in we've built this bond and between our uh you know we've had a lot of continuity you know leslie frazier's been here the whole time brian dable's been here all but okay. one year Heath farwell's been here mm -hmm. you know all but all but one year so it's really uh allowed us to kind of set our standard, what type of player we want, and, and the coaches and personnel. And even though we don't always see eye to eye, um, we respect where each other's coming from. And I think that's a huge thing, right? That respect and that trust and that understanding and, you know, the respect that everyone has their genius and their their craft, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and on the coaching side and the, and the personnel side, being able to understand that and respect. Even the, the first and second and third year scout has an opinion. Yep. They may not have the experience that you have or I have, but they, they have an opinion. And I think being able to listen to them is important for a coach too, and not just to dismiss. You know, from afar, I will say, I have always admired the relationship that you have with Sean. Uh, I was very blessed to have two really good relationships, one with Mike Smith, who did a hell of a job for us in Atlanta for those first seven years. And then Dan Quinn and I took it, I think, to another level as far as my relationship with a head coach um, both of those guys, I have a great deal of respect for them. We worked really hard together to make things, you know, just to jive in a lot of different really good ways. You guys have a special relationship. You alluded to it earlier. If you were asked by a group of uh, owners who asked you to humbly uh, advise them on the best way to put together that top part of the football operations organization. So the head coach and the GM, how would that setup be in your mind if you were giving that advice? Yeah, I mean, I think you start with with two people that, that want to be partners and, and want to respectfully, not always, you're not looking for groupthink. You're, you're looking for people who will give you their honest mm -hmm. opinion. They're going to work hard. Again, I talked about it, you know, we try and operate listen everyone has some type of ego but and they're confident in their skill set but we can agree to disagree and we can talk through it and listen sean and i we we've had many disagreements but we do it in a respectful manner and generally we do it in his office or my office and when we walk out of that office we have an agreement on what way we're going to go and that's the path as long as we're doing things in the best interest of the Buffalo Bills, and that's what I would tell an owner, as long as you have two people who their number one goal is, it's not about their own stats or their own accolades, it's about what's best for your organization. And if you put that, if you always think this decision is the best thing for the Buffalo Bills or whatever team, you'll usually come out on top.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. So you have a very sort of outspoken and strong owner who who is not afraid to, to, to voice his opinion. And you have two gentlemen like yourself who are really dialed in in your in your worlds. How does that all work together? How do you how do you navigate? And what is your advice to rising general managers as far as navigating between that partnership between the two of you, as well as a very important partnership with your owner? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Terry Pagula and, and Kim, they, you know, they, they, the thing I admire about them is they're very passionate. They care. They want to win. Um, in my interview, one of the things I asked about was, was the resources, you know, the resources to pay players and then the resources to have, you know, great facilities. And, and they've backed it up. We built a new $18 million, you mm-hmm. know, facility a couple of years ago that um, really is state of the art and, and has helped us you know, it's helped our team and helped our program. But I really think the, the great thing about the Bagula is that they allow Sean and I to have honest dialogue. We can hear them. They, they give us, they're not afraid to tell us how they see things, but they also, um, they don't want us to just think like them and they don't expect us to agree. And there's been many times where we haven't been on the, the same page out of the get go, but we talk it through and they're open. They're, they're great listeners to be so uh, such successful people and to have the, have the wealth that, that to buy a football team, to still be humble, to listen to, to Sean McDermott or myself yeah. on tough decisions. And, um, you know, again, Sean and I, we don't, sometimes we meet with them. We will, one will tell us one point of view, the other one will tell another one and, and we'll figure it out between the three or four of us. What's the best decision, you know, for our team? Well, I mean, Hearing you talk about that and and knowing how important it is on that ownership side and the Pagulas, of course, are very well-rounded and very intelligent. And, uh, you know, where Kim is and how she how she works into your ownership uh, uh, and your interaction on football, I I think that's amazing. I think it's great for the league, of course, to see really strong, talented women excel. and, And that's been fun to watch that over the years. Let's let's step back for a minute here. If you were to classify your style of leadership, what would it be? 
I would say um, we have standards, okay? And we lay that out in the building, whether it's scouting, whether it's uh, our medical, uh, our strength and conditioning, like these are the standards that, that every day we expect you to meet. Um, but I try and allow people to use their own creativity. And you can tell me how you wanna run. I'm not gonna go tell our equipment guy how to run down into the locker room. I'm not gonna tell our strength coach but I'm gonna expect him to use his own style, his own methods. They don't all have to be like me. And I'm gonna empower you to do your job. Now, if you show me you, you can't be effective and, and I need to, if I need to micromanage you, my style is you're not the right fit for me. I, I don't believe in micromanaging. And if I have to constantly put my thumb on you, um, after some time, you're probably gonna realize this probably isn't the right fit for, for you or for me. That's a great point, right? The last thing we need to be doing is spending all of that energy on people to try to make sure that they're going in the right direction. It is a big thing for me over the years. Sometimes I, I felt like we were right on, on the dial and other times you're thinking, wow, this person is really smart and they are talented at what they do, but I continue to readdress issues and, and it becomes complicated. What, what was your style in Atlanta? What would you say and, and did it change? Uh, did it evolve from when you got there in 08 till uh, you know, through 2020. So I, I started off being a big believer in positive, passionate and persevering people and not just to throw out lines, but that's what I believe. I wanted to make sure that I had people around me that were of that makeup. It, you know, of course you can have wildly intelligent people and talented people in other ways, but if they weren't possessive of those three attributes, it never seemed like it was really jiving with me. Now, I, I will say things, you know, the first seven years were a certain way and things have adjusted and changed over the years up until, you know, my recent firing in October. I will share with you, because I'm a big believer in sharing where, where the, the mishaps have gone or the, the obstacles. Somewhere along the way, probably about with two years left in, in my tenure there, I, I decided I was going to be really focused on Dan Quinn and I stopped communicating as much as I used to communicate with the middle management group, the department heads, who I have a great deal of respect for. We had a lot of guys there, Brandon, that were 10, 12, 15, 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. I figured you guys are fine. You can do your own thing. It was a, one of the bigger mistakes I made. It wasn't catastrophic, yeah. but it, it really kicked me in the stomach when I heard people saying like, we don't know if we have you anymore. Are you with us? Or, and I started thinking, well, I've only been focusing my time mainly on my head coach relationship because I thought that's where we needed to focus. Yeah. And I pulled away some of my regular communication from the other, you know, the really important department heads. And if I could do that again, I would have adjusted that because I lost a little bit of my focus on that group. And that group, as you know, we, we have been there a long time. You yeah. and I have been in that role a long time. That's a very, very important role for the organization. It keeps the rank order in, in, in check in a lot of really good ways. And um, so in the end, I am a very empathic uh, person, I believe. Uh, I say that, I guess, humbly. Yeah. I do believe in that. I believe in people. I believe in communicating. I, I believe in candor. At times in this league, it's not easy to be as candid as you want to be. Yeah. You know, sometimes you're thinking about the people you're dealing with and sometimes you don't want to offend. And yet it's so important to make sure that you're honest. Yep. So. I asked you about your style of leadership. What would you, how would you classify your style of deal making? Um, probably, probably aggressive would probably be. Um, I try to, I try to not be over aggressive, but 
Um, you know, when it comes to the draft, TD, I'm, I'm probably one of those guys, if, if I see a guy on the board that fits a need and I think there's really good value, whatever round it is, if I give up, you know, a pick or whatever, you know, I know analytics always says go trade back, trade back. Um, I want to leave the draft with guys I'm excited about. Yeah. And um, sometimes when you find yourself trading back, you get on the clock and you're going, I'm, I'm good with this guy, but I was much more excited about the guy that I, I could have taken if I'd have traded up for him. So that's kind of been my style. Just uh, be excited about the guys you're selecting. And, and again, uh, I've made a few trades here and there that some people maybe have questioned at the time, did you give up too much? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, if you got a really good player that's a really good fit for your organization, uh, I don't get too hung up in, in what you gave up for them. I agree. I think I think in today's world, I think there is a definite win-win element. And I'm a big believer in you know relationships around the league. Of course, you know that you and I have talked over years, and that's really important. Again, it comes back to respect, right? Like it would within your organization. It's from organization to organization, knowing that someone's not going to try to hoodwink you on a deal. Yep. Again, sometimes it's going to go in your, your way a little bit, sometimes mine. In the end, hopefully it's not too lopsided because then it becomes a little bit uh, cumbersome, of course. But um, if I were to ask you on another level, one salient piece of advice to a rising general manager slash executive in our league, after your time, 18 years you know, with the Panthers and then as a GM now, for as long as you've been here, what would that be? You know, to me, it's it's be where your feet are. And I know people say that, but the thing that I run into a lot, TD, and I, I guarantee you did too, is people want to, I always say this, and this is a little bit far-fetched, but they want to go from intern to president in five years. And it's your, it's your struggles along the way. I mean, listen, we all enjoyed the winning years, but some of the things I learned in Carolina were the that were most important to me were when it didn't go well and you look back and you go man we had a lot of talented players well you know what we had some some assholes in the locker room yeah. and, it, and it it just it, it created a dynamic that wasn't a winning formula and you go back to culture and pieces like that and, and so you while you can study and learn and all these things it's your experiences along the way that when you come across something now I can go, you know what, this reminds me in 2012 of, you know, when Dave Gettleman got there or what, what we had to what we had to deal with or 2008. Just I always am able to reference those things. And if I think if I didn't if I was one of these fast risers and, you know, again, six, seven years and I'm supposed to be the GM, I just think you're going to there's going to you're going to miss those opportunities to reflect on as you deal with the challenges of this job. So in our league right now, we there's often discussion about who has final football say. My own personal experiences in Atlanta, the first seven years with Mike Smith, I had 53 is what we call it, as yeah. you know. And then when Dan Quinn came on board, I turned that over to Dan. And in both regimes, myself and Mike Smith and myself and Dan Quinn, we worked together very, very well. It really didn't matter who had 53 and final say yeah. sometimes it can be an ego thing there's discussions you know within uh organizations etc cetera, etc cetera. you and sean work together so well you have 53 mm -hmm. how does that work and again can you just share a little bit with sort of the rising group how to navigate that because it could go either way when you're sitting in the gm spot yeah at the end of the day having 53 
um, is more about ego probably than anything. If you don't, if you're not partnering up with that head coach, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. If I'm trying to choose players that don't fit what our coaches think fit, or just again, my ego says this guy's going to make it, and I'm ignoring what the coaches are saying, it generally doesn't work. And and if a coach has 53 and they're ignoring what the GM sees, because the coaches they have to win every day, they have to win every practice. It's got to be uh, a damn good practice on Wednesday, another good one on Thursday, on Friday. And then obviously they got to go well on Sunday. They're not thinking about next January, next February. They're not worried about the salary cap. They're not worried about an expiring contract. They're worried about the now, and that's what we want them focused on. But a coach that doesn't pay attention to that, who has the 53, that could be a blind spot for them too. And and that's why I'm able to give Sean, this is the long term. You know, now today, who you want may be the better choice, but our long-term plan, this guy is going to be the better choice. You know, the ones that it's, do you want this linebacker or this linebacker? And there's reasons for both. It's it's almost a toss-up. And that's where you have to be willing to have those conversations of who's the best player for us today and who's the best player for us tomorrow. Very well said. You're a very smart, insightful person. What are your concerns over the next five to 10 years in the National Football League? You know, we got a great league and uh, they've done a lot of great things. And, you know, I think it's, we're in the top sport, uh, you know, across the, the country and probably the world. But, you know, probably the biggest thing that I worry about is, um, you know, we've seen it this offseason where there's pushback for less OTAs or, or less of an offseason program. And, um, you know, I think now is the time. Yeah, you're working through fundamentals and all that, but now's the time where we build our team our culture every every year we had a great year last year not the not the finish we wanted but we've told our team it's uh we're zero and zero again we've lost players and we've added players just because we had success last year and we have talented players but doesn't mean we're going to have success this year and so i worry about how we we build this culture and build the team and keep it sustainable if the nfl moves away from a model that that has players here in the off season. I see. No, it's a gr- it's a great answer, and I you can you can flip that and say, what are you most encouraged about over the next five to ten years? Where are you with that? Is it is it we're going to lead into diversity and inclusion? Where do you think the league is with diversity and inclusion? And where specifically are the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, you know, I think it's great. Um, you know, again, I talked about groupthink earlier. People, you know. You know, there's been a push for, for women, and Sam Rappaport, the league office, has done a heck of a job with the Women's Symposium, and uh, we've been able to, to add even more this year on either an intern level or uh, we actually just promoted um, a young lady who's been with us two years, Andy Gosper, to a college scouting coordinator. So uh, I'm really excited about you know the movement to, to get more women involved and just they provide, listen, uh, they provide a different perspective than the male perspective, there's, there, there's no doubt. And, and then uh, the diversity uh, of more minorities, you know, and, and it's been a great push. And I think we saw it with some GM hires um, this year. And, and uh, I think those are, were all great candidates. And, you know, in our building, uh, TD, we just promoted Terrence Gray, who was our college director. He's now our assistant director of player personnel. And uh, Malik Boyd, you know, both these guys came on when I got here and just started. Malik was our pro director. We've promoted him to a senior, uh, senior VP level. And so those are two guys that, 
um, I think one day are going to get their chance to, to sit in the seats you and I are, you know, have sat in. I've had the great opportunity to be around Sean McDermott during the Bill Walsh diversity group uh, in all of our committee discussions over the years. And he's passionate about it. And I love listening to him. Your organization is passionate about it. I mean, it's 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 a it's a it's a major feather in your cap. And I love that you guys are approaching it that way. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at the Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Do you have any other areas of interest or, you know, areas of study that you're looking at right now, especially now that we're going into sort of that off season time for professional development reasons? Yeah, you know, um, I haven't always been a huge book reader, but the times I, I do find myself picking up a book is is during vacation on, on planes or sitting on a beach. And I find myself, uh, I like a lot of documentaries that I watch, but uh, reading books um, about people that were successful, biographies, and you know, Bill Walsh uh, is probably the guy I've read the most on. You know, obviously, Finding the Winning Edge and and some of those. And um, another one that I read a few summers ago was was Shoe Dog, uh, the Phil Knight yeah. story, and uh, just um, learning people's trials and tribulations. Uh, that's probably what fascinates me more than anything. Just uh, it's not what they're doing now, but it, it's really their journey of how they got into their seat is, is what I've learned most from. Yeah, get, you know, again, traveling this journey is a really interesting journey. We, we see the ups, we see the downs, we see some of what we don't necessarily want to see. We're, we're thinking, wow, this, this doesn't really portray well. That, that's just all part of life, right? I, I love that. And when I look back after 13 years in this, this seat, almost 13 years, and then, you know, almost 30 in the league. This was a first draft that I wasn't in a draft room in 30 years. Um, and it was, it was lo- a long time coming, of course, and, and sitting from, you know, sitting back and sitting, uh, watching from afar thinking, wow, am I gonna, am I interested in getting back into this? Where, how is this all gonna play out? I start thinking a lot more about my life balance. And I'll ask you about life balance and family, not only for you, which is ultimately the most important, of course, but also for those in your in your organization. How do we approach that? How do you how do you approach it with with your employees as well? Yeah, it's it's important because if you don't have that, you know, it's family first. It always it always has been and always should be and, and always will be 
and that's where Sean and I are in lockstep on that as well. And, um, you know, one of the things that I did in Carolina that I always, whether it was Marty Herney or Dave Gettleman, was I was able to coach my kids and uh, in certain sports or, or be a part of it and go to games. And listen, we travel a lot and you miss, you miss enough, but kind of my, my theme to, to my staff is if I find out you're in town and you miss one of your kids' games or a dance recital or whatever, I'm gonna be all over you and it's, it's not acceptable. And I've literally gone into Joe Shane's office and told him to get his ass out and get to a game. And he's great, he does a great job, but uh, he's such a hard worker, he doesn't wanna leave any stone unturned and, and it's, it's others as well. And so I think if you ask people in this building, in our building, they know that uh, we expect you, especially during this downtime. Well, you also are involved in making sure that people are keeping their weight in check. Is that correct? <laughs> I think we talked about that recently. Yeah. What was that whole thing? Were you guys just kind of busting on each other, keeping everyone in check? Yeah, you know, um, we did this, this, this dated back to my Carolina days. Uh, we did this Biggest Loser when that show was on one year and, and I lost like 20 some pounds at the time. And, and so I've been trying to do this diet thing TD this year, I was not fitting into my suits very well. And, oh, and I tried like two or three times to do my own diet. And I go, you know what? The one time I needed to lose weight was when it was a competition. And so I went to our head trainer, Nate Bresky, and I told him to call Ryan Vermillion, uh, who was our trainer in Carolina, mm -hmm. and, and ask him the details. So uh, we put 36 of us and we, everybody weighed and it was a seven week competition. And, and basically the heaviest got paired with the lightest and we just paired it up and it was a seven week um percentage uh team team percentage of what you lost and we all threw in a certain amount of fee and there were some grand prizes at the end but uh it, it worked i can fit in my suits again well you look good uh, and you're swinging well right you're <laughs> I'm, you're getting out on the golf course a little bit i am uh never enough but yeah, uh hopefully more to come but yeah it's it's great uh, belong to you know a couple courses here locally and yeah. uh so when work's done even the great thing is right now you can play till after nine o'clock at night. So yeah. I can have dinner with the family. Uh, my youngest son is a sophomore. He, he plays. So we'll go out at three or four nights a week and hit balls, chip, walk a few holes. Uh, so it, it's fun. Well, if I may, a three index. My God, like that's that's Carolina all the way. Right. <laughs> I did ask you that earlier on about coming all the way up to the to the to the great north. Basketball and golf is key in uh, North Carolina, of course. So. You're just you're just adjusting a little bit. Different, yeah. different topography and different weather, of course. Last question I usually ask the guys: What is the one question that you feared that I was going to ask you? In parens, by the way, you don't have to answer the question. <laughs> um, TD, probably how scared you're going to ask me? How did I fool Jerry Richardson and and <laughs> Terry and Kim Pagula to to uh, get where I got? But uh, no, it's. Uh, you never dream, you, know, you dream of things, but uh, sometimes you don't know how you got in the seat you got in sometimes. It's a, it's, it's a great point. I mean, we all think sometimes like, wow, this, this has been a really interesting journey. And you're 44 now? Yes. 44 years old, you know, you have the world in front of you. And, and it's amazing as I move around the country, you know, conversing with all of you guys now, I, I used to say us and- It's still us. I, uh, man, that's it's, a, that's it's a tough us. thing for me, but I, I love this. This interaction has, has been so good. You know this, as a general manager, we're so anchored into our worlds and we have so much on our plate, yeah. mainly with, you know, of course, the job and our families making sure it's tough because you don't necessarily always keep your bonds as strong 
with your contemporaries around the league and your, your friends in this job because there's so much that you could be sharing. But you're either talking very quickly about a deal you're going to do or a player, whatever it may be. What I've noticed traveling around, brother, is I've had an opportunity to spend a few hours with people again that I haven't done in many, many years. And uh, without being sappy, I mean, it's, it's heartwarming, right? Because yeah. we're all in it for a reason. We're in a great business and you know this. Yes, there's a lot of competition, but there are some great dudes in this business, in this role. And, uh, you know, life, life is great. Congratulations on your success and uh, I look forward to watching it. Appreciate you. This, God bless. This was great. Thanks, brother. Thanks. Thanks. Okay, it was great being in Buffalo. Now we're gonna jump out after our visit with Brandon Bean all the way out to the West Coast once again across the country to meet up with John Schneider, the very, very popular GM of the Seahawks. Hang with us, it's gonna be very, very enlightening. You have been listening to The GM Journey with Thomas Dimitrov. Continue to follow Thomas as he interviews GMs from your favorite NFL teams. The GM Journey has been produced by Alan Kastenbaum, Thomas Dimitrov, and Octagon Entertainment. Don't forget to download and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. The GM Journey is distributed by the Eight Side Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.